Hey friends, before the show I'd like to plug the store of our friends at Terracotta Distribution. At their storefront, shop.terracottadistribution.com, you'll find a wide range of Asian DVDs and Blu-rays from Kim Kidak to Jackie Chan, from Ho Shao Shen to Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell, aka the Japanese Evil Dead. This was even put out on a limited run VHS, folks. New titles are being added regularly, and if you go to shop.terracottadistribution.com and enter the discount code POFN. 10 that's p-o-f-n-1-0 this gives podcast on fire network listeners 10 percent off at checkout the discount code is p-o-f-n-10 and visit shop.terracottadistribution.com for more and let's get on with the show Welcome to Podcast on Fire on Knockabout and Monkey Kung Fu. So it's, it is Monkey Kung Fu across Golden Harvest and Shaw Brothers in this entry of the Versus series where we let two movies of similar content and theme not badly out necessarily, but we'll pair them up for discussion. Uh, so POF historian Jay Lee picked Summer Hong's 1979 Kung Fu comedy Knockabout starring Yun Bu. And he also picked uh, from Shaw Brothers and also from the same year John Law's Monkey Kung Fu, so it isn't Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Uh, we have already d- discussed that many years ago on um, on the network. Uh, so in the other movie, I mean, in Knockabout, we have the emergence of Yun Bu in his first starring role, and uh, in a rare starring role, master action director and director Ching Su Tong is in Monkey Kung Fu. He's our, he's our lead, and uh, that's a rare sight. I've never seen him act uh, in a lead role anyway so that was uh, neat and we'll discuss it my name is Kenby and with me for this versus episode uh, is Phil G of easternfilmfans.co.uk so let's monkey around <laughs> very good I'll see what you did there Ken uh, very good. Uh, thank you uh, appreciate the um, the invite to this one this is gonna be fun it was fun and it will be fun trust me I like the I like the pairing that uh, Jay picked I, yeah, yeah. I, I had not seen um, knockabout or monkey kung fu actually missed the cheaper hong kong imports of knockabout back in the day did not pick up the uh, shaw brothers dvd back in the day i'm sure it's still out there uh, but uh, it just was something i put off i uh, didn't even pick up the hong kong legends dvd of knockabout until this time around uh, not one of their super rare titles that go for anything from 50 60 70 pounds or anything it was uh back- 19 pounds which is fine it's about right um so uh you you, you could still get that in a remastered form and check it out and all that uh, but um uh, but yeah had, had you seen um knockabout or and and or monkey kung fu before yeah so this was an interesting one for me so monkey kung fu no i hadn't seen it because um i do shy away from the, the Shaw brothers stuff unless it kind of hits mm. me in the, the face I know, no, yeah, no, boohies, boohies, get over it, kids. 
Um, uh, but I do, I do enjoy them now going forward. So maybe that's a handy hint, but we'll talk about that later. So I hadn't seen that. Knockabout I had done, but it was 25 years ago. Uh, every time I say that, I go, God, I'm old. So it was over 25 years ago, so it was good for a revisit. Um, so um, it'll be very interesting on my revisit to revisit and see if my revisit was the same as my first visit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you were born in like the 2000s, Phil, so don't call yourself old or anything. <laughs> you know, you're a young one, right? <laughs> I'm a little, yeah, really. At heart, and that's the main thing. Not to give too much away, but uh, 1979 was a good year a very good year super good year i was totally not born in 1979 very good year um so that gives away my age to uh, to, to the listeners <laughs> these are uh, this is from my year damn it uh, mad monkey kung fu i believe was um was uh, around the same time if not this year too so it can be a little bit um confusing with uh, i wonder if it was the year of the monkey 1979. Because if it was, that'd be crazy. Might have been that they were uh, they were uh, lining them up to be uh, to be presented to a movie going uh, audience. This uh, this display of um, drunken monkey, monkey kung fu, or gibbon fist, as it's uh, dubbed in uh, monkey kung fu the movie. Anyway, we'll uh, get uh, to it. Uh, so uh, this is podcast on fire on the podcast on fire network, and for the back catalog of this show's uh, episodes on. Uh, Old Hong Kong movies, uh, different genres, but we also take a look at some uh, newer Hong Kong movies and mainland Chinese movies every now and again. You can go to podcastonfire.com and look up the uh, archive we have presented before you in that way. And we also do bonus episodes every now and again. We also have shows on Korean cinema, on Japanese cinema, on adult-oriented films. And every now and again we do some audio commentaries. Uh, and it's all good stuff, so make your choice over there. And if you're a first-time listener, then welcome. And we're uh, we're kind. We are not experts. We are humble. We can always learn. But we hope we uh, can discuss this with uh, with some passion and some fun and bring you some context and information. And uh, in uh, essence, I hope you enjoy the show if you haven't listened to it before. So thank you very much. If you have any questions or feedback, let us know. Podcast on fire at googlemail.com. We are also on social media for the same purposes, and we also obviously provide show updates and such across uh, social media, like on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, uh, we have a Facebook page, so look up Podcast on Fire or Podcast on Fire Network on Facebook, and you can find us that way. So welcome in, join the discussion, have some fun. Uh, Our tweets are available at, so uh, sorry, my tweets are available at, so good reviews, but the Podcast on Fire Twitter handle is podcast on fire and i write about a variety of uh, hong kong and taiwanese movies on my site sogoodreviews.com and uh, subscribe to us on itunes uh, listen to us on on apple podcasts and stitcher and spotify and all that good stuff and uh, we're, we're in 2020 now the show possibly is gonna come out in 2021 but uh, still uh, uh, these have been a strange time so how have you been keeping up with uh, creative endeavors now that you haven't been able to uh, go outdoors to festivals and things like that Phil. yeah so obviously festivals have been put on the back burner somewhat they're still trying to to do that and you know i appreciate them but you know that's it's kind of right well okay just send me stuff companies just send me stuff and i'll review them you know <laughs> i'll review your film so we've been doing a lot of reviews at eastern film fans and obviously scotty adkins gets a look in and we've done that kind of legacy of lies and some more mainstream stuff i had a look at um we had a look at the driver uh, with mark the carcass and um jiu-jitsu should be uh, up and 
loaded by now. We got um, to 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 look at that with uh, with Nicolas Cage, right? Cage in. I'm more of a jiu-jitsu protector. Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. Because why? It's like why doesn't a movie like that exist with Nick Cage and exactly. and people say like, hold my beer and let me call yeah. Nick and it's, there it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go to uk. It, it'll be on there. The review will be on there, and um, it's yeah. All I say, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, been keeping busy with a lot, a lot of reviews. People keep uh, sending me stuff to review, and I'm happy to do so. So I'm not getting out and about, but we are trying to keep up with the latest films and just bring our views to that uh, and looking back at some of the older ones and, and revisiting some classics as well on there so we've been doing that recently with with flashpoints and dragon tiger gates and things of that ilk so uh yeah keeping ourselves busy ken keeping ourselves busy glad to hear it and same uh, same over here in a variety of uh, ways i don't know if i'm more busy necessarily but uh, producing writing and uh uh, trying to explore things that are not meant for creative endeavors. You know, you veer away from Asia and explore other things uh, that you want to. Uh, like, like, like for instance, I'm, um, I've, I've had it for ages, but I've only watched like the box set in bits, bits and pieces. But I, I finally d- dive deep into, on a frequent basis, the Mario Bava movies, the Italian uh, uh, horror movies, whether Black Sunday, Black Sabbath, Blood and Black Lace... Uh, I'm watching uh, Lisa and the Devil right now uh, with uh, with uh, Telly Savalas is in that one. So Mario Bava obviously got uh, English actors in there and, and it's pretty fun. Or American mm-hmm. American actors, obviously. Uh, it's pr- pretty fun with uh, Lisa and the Devil. It's uh, Mario Bava's... Uh, like he, he provided uh, such... He was a photography genius. So his images were so refined and so creative and so colorful. Lisa and the Devil is his most surreal movie. So he's having cinematic playtime and it's... a uh, quite a mind fuck and Telly Savalas is there as uh, a little bit of a puppeteer to it all and that movie started his um, they put a lollipop in his mouth throughout many scenes Ah. and that carried over to aha Kojak brilliant so uh, it's uh, one of those um, things that um, he kept with him or producers of Kojak thought like that looks good on the character he wasn't a cop in Lays and the Devil obviously but uh, but uh, that carried over and uh, he's great in Lays and the Devil he's, uh, he's uh, having a ball uh, Telly Savalas so um, and, and obviously it is performed largely in English uh, despite being an Italian movie and it's his voice on the dubbed soundtrack as well so it's all good fun so I'm, I'm, I'm going through that box at um, watching the movies I haven't I like that. Yeah, yeah. I've got so much to catch up. I've still, you know, I could keep um, doing that. I'm still working and stuff, but I, I've got so much stuff to watch. I mean, obviously, the, the 88 films keep releasing stuff, and yep. um, you got all those Blu-rays that are still sealed and sitting on my shelves and stuff, and they're doing a great job of bringing some of the, you know, classic Jackie Chan stuff out. So, At the time of recording, you and I are I- like anxiously awaiting knockoff from 88 because we yes. we, we want to oh, do it for work God, yes we need to we so need knockoff we can't wait for knockoff that's gonna be so good i can't i, I don't know why i'm so excited about it because uh, i mean obviously i've seen it way way back when but i'm really excited for the obviously the series we do and folks if you don't know we do do we do do we do do a series on um uh wong or wong um, so Michael Wonk and uh, one of the films we will be looking at is Knockoff because we're really excited about it and I can't wait. I have seen it many, many eons ago, but I don't remember each and every moment of Michael's and Wong gifts have obviously singled out some great moments for Michael that also confirms my vague memory that 
that Choi Hak was just having crazy camera playtime in that one for <laughs> no apparent reason other than let's just spice this shit up. Exactly. Uh, for no reason. Put a shoe, put, put a camera in a shoe. That's fine. It's going to be one of those that, you know, usually sit down and or watch a film, let it sweep over me and take it all in. But this one I'm going to really look at. I'm lo- so looking forward to the commentaries on it, everything. I'm going to strip it bare when it comes and stuff. Um, which I'm sure you do every time you do a review, Ken. But this one I'm especially keen on. And again, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just really looking forward to it. I don't know. It fills me with glee. I have to say, it fills me with absolute glee. So yeah, that's a good attitude to have uh, anticipating a movie either for work or for uh, simply pleasure. So keep keep that attitude and uh, that motivation. And. Uh, Links to Phil's endeavors will be included in the show post as usual, and we're going to take a music break, and after that we are going to start talking of the first Monkey Kung Fu film of uh, this episode, and it is Sammo Hong's Knockabout from 1979, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, and uh, the first review of this episode is Sammo Hong's Knockabout from the year 1979, and plot from the Hong Kong Legends DVD, to Down at Hill Conman, Yi Pao, played by Yun Bu, and Tai Pao, played by Lang Gaian from Warriors 2, and uh, The Victim, and things like that, Beardy. Uh, they decide to learn Kung Fu from, from a martial arts master, uh, played by Lao Gaoing. When they discover that their teacher is really a ruthless killer, Tai Pao is murdered. So Beardy is murdered. And Yi Pao is forced to learn the skills of a kung fu fighting beggar, Sammo Hung. Played by Sammo Hung to take revenge. And uh, some of the skill sets include monkey kung fu. So it's not solely that style in this movie. I, as the film says, uh, uh, there's a mishmash, mishmash of styles going on here. And that includes uh, monkey kung fu. Speaking of the Hong Kong Legends DVD, uh, Samo sat down for a little uh, specific interview uh, about the making of the films. I thought I'd share some notes uh, from that. Uh, he speaks of um, training with Yun Bu for seven years at the Peking Opera School and therefore being very familiar with his skill set. And he rates his martial arts uh, highly. So when going into Knockabout, he thought that this would be a suitable character for Yun Bu since he would correspond and uh, respond to the action design that Samo had in mind. Plus, there would be no need to bring in an acrobatic double for Yun Bu, uh, because uh, he was uh, very good at uh, those uh, those things. And he had acting experience uh, prior to movies anyway, because he was tra- trained for stage performance at the Peking Opera School. So there, there was also well-rounded and uh, uh, sufficient skill set there to bring him into a lead role, uh, finally. Being on stage is one thing, being in films is a different thing, so uh, he obviously knew that uh, you can't uh, play drama or emote the same way as you do on stage versus uh, versus films, obviously. Samo as a director would need to steer Yumbu into a proper acting mode as, uh, as well, even though this largely is a comedy, and he's an extroverted character. As a character himself, the person Yumbu, he was more reserved and more quiet but again excellent martial arts skills 
and uh, nothing was really worrisome going into knockabout. Sam had belief and knew him inside and out and felt confident uh, he could put him in the shell of a playful character. Sam actually conceived the role that Yumiu plays for himself initially, and there was no beggar character, but... Um, Apparently, Yumbu sort of called on his uh, big brother Samuel and asked to participate. Like, even if he saw no role for himself at that point, like, can I can I be in it in some shape or form? And Samuel said, "All right, you play my role then." So then that was great. He's got a new leading man. But then, oh crap! What about my role then? Uh, well, uh, beggar, beggar it is. I can play a beggar. And uh, he therefore like circles around the main duo throughout the film sporadically and then takes more center stage toward the, towards the last third. So they found a structure and place for uh, for both of their characters. So that was uh, some neat uh, making of notes. Uh, we don't get a lot of them when, speaking of martial arts movies, there's no extensive making of notes. So I was glad that Samo could uh, explain uh, some of the... Uh, background to it all so that uh, little interview is available on the hong kong legends dvd if you want to watch it in full so let's move over to the review stage and um, for my short uh, uh, opinion here there's a ton here uh, to admire uh, but for me I, out of samuel's run as director in the 1970s um, he done he did four films in total three or four films this one is a little tough going for me mainly because the comedy and the double act with yun Biu and lung Gaian, it doesn't land always, and it takes a while before Samo, you know, starts to lead and be exemplary with the action design. I'm sure there's, you know, great complex work before, like the middle point, that that, that is just mind mind boggling. But I couldn't really get into a lot of the earlier comedic fights because it's it is framed around comedy to a large degree it makes it a bit hard to see uh, essentially but yumbu really is extraordinary and it, this is a starting point for yumbu and samo is in development still even though he'd made some pretty good films in the 70s and the duo phil would elevate real soon again <laughs> they would make perfection soon again so it, it's in development uh, it, it's a little tough going uh, and i I know that uh, edits around the world were distinctly shorter than this was, and I can understand why. Anyway, my short opinion for now. Uh, what did you think on, on this uh, uh, re- revisit a uh, quarter of a century uh, later? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ken, I have to totally agree with you. And it hasn't changed my mind from a quarter century ago. God, can you not say quarter century ago? 25, can't I say? No, a long time ago. It was ago, last year, Dan, again. It was last year. <laughs> It hasn't changed my opinion from a long time ago. You're right. The first 40 minutes of tomfoolery um, is still there, and I still can't get on board with it. It just doesn't. And it's nothing to do with bearding himself and stuff. And he just, just, I never did. I never do like that tomfoolery and stuff. I like my martial arts and my revenge films hard-edged. I like them straight away. Get on with it. I'd rather have 40 minutes of him training and then... <laughs> Forty minute fights in Wilwood, but I just no, I don't, I can't get on board with it. Um, so the first, that's 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 my first bit, and then obviously the the second half or last third, perhaps it really is, you know, sublime. I, it, it's exceptional, but um, in its totality, no, I I still can't get on board with that. For for a nearly hundred minute movie, there's not a whole lot of movie here. That's also a problem. So I could see editing fifteen minutes from this would make it work a little bit better to be honest uh, which is apparently around uh, what the, the export edit in english is about 10 15 minutes shorter as a matter of fact mm. uh, whether it was called knockabout or the alias on hkmdb 
which is the fight was the actual export uh, print title i can't uh, say for sure it's a pretty bad retitle because knockabout is, is fine for export purposes yeah. you know i mean i mean for samuel he had pursued kung fu comedy to a degree and um but but also with hot and hilarious results for me anyway in enter the fat dragon which I thought was, um, you know, which was his second movie as director after Iron Fisted Monk. But he wasn't flawless when when directing or performing uh, kung fu comedy. I mean, I remember movies like Filthy Guy, Two Toothless Tigers, just being dire in the comedy department. Uh, and Samuel wasn't uh, the one that made it bearable. I think he it felt like this tomfoolery, as you said, that uh, didn't land. Uh, but uh, it was all almost nearly flawless in action anyway. So when you got to that uh, you you were fine for a bit anyway and yun byu of course started to graduate from stuntman from uh, from stunt double from fight extra extra and he had been uh, one of the bruce lee doubles of, uh, on game of death that uh, sam was supervised uh, so he, he had gotten exposure and experience but i believe this would be his first uh, starring role uh, the trailer certainly makes uh, noise that uh, you know the incomparable yun byu is here when you start it off, uh, when you see Samus' character, his sort of twitchy beggar, that, that's almost like, I, I, oh boy, oh boy, here we go. Like his twitchy beggar doesn't induce these feelings of promise. And uh, again, the two would hit it out of the park with the prodigal son. You know, that, that movie was for the performer to a T, you and Samus' comedic style there and the action instincts, they were incredible, but they're working on it here, Phil. And the Yumbu and Longayan banter is from the get-go as these con men very broad and expressive and it doesn't feel very unique and focused it's just part of that immense kung fu comedy tapestry that we know of and it uh, and it doesn't stand out you know what i mean no no exactly and 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 that's it you know it's all staged well you know yimbo comes out of it really well as he, his first role and, and 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 everybody will say um i think in agreement, you know, we should have got more leading roles as, as an actor sure. um, because he can carry carry a film. Um, and, and for his first film, this is fine. Yimby is great, and he certainly more than makes up for, you know, the Tom Foolery in the, obviously, the later part of the film. But you're right, it just it doesn't gel. Out. I don't think, you know, from you know, Beardy and Yimby, they're both, you know, fine actors, etc. But, you know, it just seems a little bit staged and, you know, nothing's really happening from a plot-wise to to progress this in the early, you know, exchanges, etc. because they're just trying to trying to earn a quick buck and trying to get by, etc. But, you know, it all seems a little bit, like you say, could have chopped 15 minutes out of it and, and got to the points rather than it, stretching it on as it did. Yeah, you, you'd have to like these people for to to endure these uh, mm. trickster, conman, uh, confident playfulness that they possess. And uh, but but everyone is sort of acting up a storm in this uh, fairly grating way. And then you add Carl Macca, which I, I don't dislike Carl Macca, but uh, it, he's better in other roles. And for some reason, for a while, Carl Macca starts off his sentences or either mid sentences go really high for some reason. He, he talks and talks and then and he, oh god okay here we go you know yeah we he's a wacky one i mean dean i mean dean check isn't in this movie so we're at least we spared that but there's like broad stuff about fake gold or fake coins and there's crying and shouting it, 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 there's a lot to get through it's, it's a very bare movie a very minimal movie it looks quite cheap as well 
only right maybe hit on a point here because if they'd done it slightly differently and had uh, kind of the brothers uh, Yimbia and Beardy at the beginning and stuff and they've got nothing and you know they're trying to make ends meet and stuff and then put some framework about it you would have felt more for the characters rather than you know them just kind of doing all the contracts and stuff you know they're just trying to get by rather than it being all these kind of contracts just to get them, you know, because later on they say, oh, where's our next mail coming from and all that and stuff. If they built that up on the characters, I think it would have come across better and it would have worked because you, then you would have felt for the characters because that's what we're saying, really. In yeah, yeah, they really just arrive and start um, start uh, doing the stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. There was no start. There was no understanding of that. They were just thrown in and, you know. Um, by the time you, you care about it after the movie's kind of gone you've lost all that so it doesn't mean much coming up to that so it would have probably meant more if they'd grounded them slightly better I mean when you had Enter the Fat Dragon that was the, the framing device was Bruce Lee and the theme wasn't to make fun of him but to uh, to honor his uh, his friend really and Samo really he didn't go these cheap comedic roots he found scenarios that were genuinely funny and he's very good at uh, performing those bruce lee mannerisms and there's a lot of sequences in enter the fat dragon that i personally adore because it's it's the right kind of kooky and there, there is a concept going into it this one feels a little bit according to template you know it, it's very ordinary and that uh, is what they're stuck in for for a good two thirds i mean do, do you remember Enter the Fat Dragon playing well to you like as a funny movie as well? Yeah, I mean, again, it was years and years ago, and I think it was some kind of dodgy VHS tape that I saw it on, so it was a while back. In fact, I've been meaning to pick up the German one. I looked at it the other day, actually, because obviously I've got the Enter the Fat Dragon with Donnie Yen on my shelf yet to watch. We had no relationship at all to Enter the Fat Dragon, um, the Sam Hong version, but I thought it would be quite a, uh, a mixed match to kind of watch them kind of back-to-back, so I'm... I'm playing with the idea of picking up the German release because I know it's supposed to be quite good and I haven't seen it for years. So, yeah, it's one I'd like to revisit. I do have fond memories that I recall, but it's again, it's been a while since I've seen it. The, then then uh, a double bill is coming up, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, when you had Warriors 2 and Iron Fist and Monk, they were not uh, all-out laugh fests or anything, but I remember the light po- portions of Warriors 2, they were okay. And uh, yeah, exactly. but, but there was a style to that movie. There was a... A concept going into this uh, with uh, the framing device being Wing Chun. Those initial movies really showed promise. And I think that there's a dive here. There's a dip here that he quickly rebounded from. <laughs> like uh, the victim, <laughs> an encounter of the spooky kind and all of that. So it's a, it's a very temporary uh, dip. And to, to expand on the point where, uh, in my short opinion, where I, I talked about appreciating the complex comedic fighting scenes but it, it's done in such a broad way that i'm having a hard time getting into it i mean that, that comedic choreography where they try to get money bags and the stuntmen are coming in and out and they're jumping on top of each other and uh, there's limbs limbs are twisted and it's really complex and it's just not one-on-one stuff and they're all very much in sync but you know, the prior stuff has been comedic and I didn't like that going into the fight scene. It doesn't just reset me. And like, I I, I go, wow, it's it's because uh, obviously it's not going to be deadly serious. We know that. But th- there is a sense of like you, you've been uh, when when you're out for too long, it's hard to get in even when the switch is into 
a fight scene, you know. So I, I had a hard time getting into uh, the fight scenes, despite clearly since some of being very detail oriented. That this is yeah, not yeah. lazy work, but it took uh, a good two thirds before the wow factor really kicked in for me. You know, I I agree. It was it's it's a slog, and it you know this is why it was interesting for me to to revisit it to say okay. Was it better than I remember? And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't until you, you know, get over that 40-minute mark and then all of a sudden it starts to come to life and it has some meaning behind it and, and you start to see the film and why it's loved as much as it is because there is a lot to love in kind of the final third, two-thirds-ish, second half um, of the film. But, the, yeah, the, the comedic elements just, just don't work. Um, as fine as actors as they are and, and as good as they do, it just doesn't. It doesn't provoke any feeling or any more warmth from me than it did, you know, all those years ago when I watched it. So, I do like little bits we get uh, the insights into how sort of deluded they are as con men as they uh, meet up with Lao Gawing and they get uh, trained by him really quick in two different styles. And uh, one of the amusing things and actual loves out of the movie, I suppose. Uh, was that uh, Lao Gawain says, well, now you can take on ordinary people. And they think like... Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in a scene or two later, someone says, like, oh, we're just ordinary people. And they go like, ah, those are the ones we can fight. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're so it. deluded. They think they're hot shit. And uh, I, I think by design, the choreography is um, quite uh, weak here because their skills aren't that great. Yeah, they beat some people, but they certainly do not beat uh, everyone in their path uh, throughout throughout the movie and uh, there's a little bit of fun there as Lao Gawing with uh, with old man uh, like classic kung fu old man uh, spray painted wig on spray painted hair yeah I know yeah. totes old <laughs> yeah spray painted it great you look old yeah you know what it kind of works yeah let's let's just run with it I did notice the spray paint heavy um, but um, yeah it, it kind of works you're right there, there's a couple of uh, little bits I kind of like the bits that uh, Sam Hong kind of turns up in and obviously keeps stealing their uh, stealing their money that they make etc and stuff he pops up now and occasionally which is quite good but um, yeah they're, they're few and far between in the in the, uh, the start of the uh, film anyway I think it becomes uh, enjoyable once you get the hang of the structure of uh, after the first third uh, but um someone needed to sort of veer off the Long Island uh, you double act and take that down a notch obviously with him dying mid-movie I guess you expect a lot out of Samo because he subsequently yeah. produced essentially I mean The Protocol Son I mean I, I might be taken to task for it but I think that's the perfect blend of everything including comedy even the even the to- like fl- flush of the toilet stance makes me giggle every time <laughs> in the training sequence there is some sense of like we, we got this we got this. We're going to be immature, and it's going to work. And you're right. And he is. And I don't. I don't you won't be taking task at all. I think it's for for most people. It is the the, the epitome of, of Samuel Hong. And you know, he had what kind of three years? I think it was eighty two, wasn't it? Eighty one, eighty two, something like that. He'd done a, a couple of films with me, obviously before that. So obviously, knock about the victim. And then switch it to horror with uh, Spook Encounters. Yeah, uh, of course, well. Spook Encounters. So he'd, he'd done all that and stuff. So by the time he got there, he, he was ready and he, and, he, and he did. But there's a platform here with, with, with Knockabout. And you, you get to the stage where, you know, you remove Beardy from the equation and stuff. And then all of a sudden we see Yimbu and his physical prowess. And then this becomes the film that everybody lords, not in the same way as Prodigal Son as a complete feature. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even forty-six minutes in, you realize that there's precious little structure here, so there's no need to make this as long as you have, because you you realize from a mile away that oh, Lao Gao Wing is just toying with them, and he's probably a bad guy too. So, and you're right, and then. The hand, you know, the handoff from one perceived master to a new master happens as uh, he trains with uh, Samo Hong instead. I guess the added thing of Samo as an actor here starts to work or after his initial stages where he is very broad and that twitchy beggar. Then you get to like what it brings for for the character and uh, how that plays into Yumbu's elevated uh, uh, skill and. Uh, by that point, you know, the last 45 minutes or whatever, there's no real argument against the movie existing for Kung Fu. Yeah. Because the, after that point, you get into the structure, there's not a whole lot of uh, downtime, and uh, there, there's some exemplary fight scenes here with uh, Li Hoi Sang is in here, here getting mightily beaten up. Uh, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of bumps on his head that looks like coronavirus, essentially. <laughs> Just looks pink and disgusting. I love Li Hoi I have to say, you see him in so much. He's one of those. And as soon as I see him, it always brings a smile to my face because I know I'm going to be in for a treat. I know there's going to be some kind of fight scene and he's going to be a treat, whatever he is. So he, he never disappoints. So that he's always great to see on screen. Like the power finally starts to emerge and the ferocious choreography finally starts to emerge as Lao Gawing changes his uh, persona, you know, his skill set versus the boys. You know, he's uh, way above them and uh, he starts to, you know, bring in the fact that he knows snake style and Lao Gawing is so he's so cool and he's he's effortless at uh, at uh, taking on these uh, different styles and become a little bit more of a dangerous uh, dangerous villain and, and at the same time you also realize that this this feels like almost a first even though it isn't like, like an early film that uh, tries to adhere to the genre tropes and uh, templates but isn't uh, rising above it it isn't leading the genre once you get into the more positive aspects of it, you become more acceptable of the fact that it's a basic basic film and we're going to approach some new training and uh, the monkey kung fu of it all that isn't evident, obviously, in the knockabout title is going to start to delight. So I, I guess my question is, once the switch happens, once it's Sammo Hong and Yumbu, once we get a look at the different creative ways that Sammo is going to train his strength and his stamina. How, on this viewing, how was that, uh, how did that switch feel? That's what makes, the, that's what all of a sudden you go, ah, oh, yes, this, this is what it is. All of a sudden you put Sammo in the mix um, with the NBO and, and everything seemed better anyway. But then obviously you got the training sequence and everybody loves the training sequence uh, and the unique ways that that happens. The enjoyment starts to, to build because you know where it's going to lead to and what you want is to see him take down the villain and then you got and on top of that the crescendo builds then you get this monkey style kung fu all of a sudden because like you say the title doesn't tell you anything about that I mean, Samo has a monkey but that's it it's not a telltale sign he has a monkey but it's not exactly you, you don't know so then all of a sudden that becomes quite you know and then and that builds into this crescendo which is, which is great so the unique training sequence which is brutal and you know so brilliantly done by Yim Bu, uh, just just his physique and obviously um, to do that kind of for the camera is amazing anyway. But just from a story point of view, all of a sudden it starts to become the film that you want it to be. This section is the sort of reason and probably what Samo saw in Yim Bu. Like mm. I, I can yeah. I can make this work with you because you're amazing and yeah. you can correspond to this. And he's uh, 
you know, the lightness of body and just the flipping and the twirling and he's, he's just impeccable that that skill set is just uh it's no other way to sort of say it i'm sure experts can talk about it for 20 minutes but it's just it's it's flawless it's and he in this aspect he was already there but he would grow even better as uh also in between action acting you know he would grow even better and uh become uh, comfortable in his skin whether comedically and uh, decades later also a very respectable character actor to be <laughs> honest there he le- leaped from this to like dragons forever which is such a kooky role to me he steals that movie Yumbu, because he's uh, out of his mind it, it's a great character design <laughs> yes. for dragons forever so think of like the tomfoolery here and the uh, like psychologically unstable tomfoolery of dragons forever and do you realize that he, he did progress amazingly uh, as uh, as an actual performer as well and you're right it, it was that his physical prowess was it was made for this someone must have had that down as like that's what i want and stuff yumbio can do that and smash that out of the park he's got it the rest they fill in the blanks and stuff because when it comes to that he does he knocks it out of the park that's what makes you know this film and and his physical abilities to to pull that off and for that to be so jump out of you because you know there's a lot of films in kind of that genre and stuff that come out but he does it it's one of the best when it comes to that and that's why it's lauded so much because of that final third of the film uh, and what he does it's so much fun to watch samuel's uh morning demonstration uh before like the start of the training sequence i suppose it's uh quite exhilarating physically like he, he's not a kooky beggar when in that so on so whatever style he is uh demonstrating and, and performing i don't know but it's just exhilarating to watch Sammo as well. And then the training scene obviously makes you appreciate Yumbu's acrobatic skill. It's the comforting genre trope of uh, creative t- uh, training tools. And there are some creative training tools here. Like, for instance, uh, he ties knives to the back of Yumbu's legs. So he should perform whatever he's performing straight. You know, he's not going to bend his legs. And they're, they're going to cut into the back of his legs if he doesn't do it properly and that looks uh that, that looks painful but i've never necessarily i haven't necessarily seen that before which is great and i haven't seen the use of a skipping rope for <laughs> stamina purposes yeah. and it's great it's not this undercranked skipping rope sequence comedy 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 but no it's a it's a stamina it's an endurance test and it looks fantastic and it's great and it's just them out in the countryside doing this stuff it's not on a grand old stage with uh million dollar design but it's creative and it's um it's uh it's mesmerizing to to look um it really looks like he had to put forth some great stamina and endurance to get through that sequence uh, as um uh, samo uses the skipping rope and uh, he he does a variety of acrobatic things within it but so it, 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 it it's something to behold it, yeah like i say it's unique you've not seen it before so it is quite clever and it comes to uh fruition in the final reel as well that some of that training would uh, would come to overcome the evil it's clever something that's not saying and unique is, is always good to, to what and like i say he does it really well and again he performs that you you see him do that with that skipping rope it's uh it's pretty amazing to watch and they they do a creative callback of the skipping rope as uh, yeah. the final fight with lao going uh, plays out which i thought was great uh, they it's not always uh, clever these callbacks they, they 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 normally do like a 
black and white flashback to the training, like uh, crushing a nut or something, and then, yeah, then, and then someone crushes the, the neck or like the head of the final uh, of the villain, and then the end hero. Quite neat, I thought. And um, overall, it doesn't feel like a superb progression, but obviously, in the end, for 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 a good forty five minutes, it maintains a kung fu comedy standard that is uh, that is great. But you you have the former half of the movie that isn't as self-assured. They still have some work to do. But, uh, boy, it did not take that long for them to uh, to get their act together and uh, get on a role that's, uh, that's w- was pretty unstoppable in the 1980s, whether doing uh, martial arts, uh, period martial arts, or modern-day action and kung fu. So that's what I said. I remember the victim was, uh, now that I know of Knockabout, a nice step up really works well and uh but then you know obviously the switch of uh genre but combine that with great physicality with uh, spooky encounters just flawless it's one of my favorite uh hong kong movies and sample movies and then boom onto prodigal son like like i mean i'm sure there's people that love knockabout and that, that's fantastic but this dip for me i'm i'm so sort of happy and inspired that it it simply didn't last very long like a year after he was back at it being 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 all flawless and leading the way, and uh, so you, you're allowed. You, you know, if you're exemplary, you're allowed a dip or two. And uh, knockabout yeah. for for the first half represents uh, that uh, that dip during this time. So that's the end of my notes. So want to say anything else? The only the only thing I will say, and it's mentioned in the um, film and stuff, is um, obviously the mention that Black Wings says uh, you obviously you lack power. And then obviously Sammo Hong comes along and you see that power on screen. We've talked about it before in Pedicab Driver and stuff and you see it here and stuff. And when Sammo fights and stuff, you feel that power that he's got. It comes across on screen. It comes across here in this film, early doors and stuff. It's the same. Um, when you see him on screen, when he fights, he's got that. Um, and, and I love that. I, I love to see that. And that's why Sammo Hong is so great to watch on screen as a fighter on screen. Because you, you you feel that and you see that and his choreography does that. That that's my my fleeting note and and worthy uh, of anybody watching this for the the final third. Get through the first and, and you know you're in for a, you're in for a real treat. As for availability of Knockabout, uh, the UK special edition from Hong Kong Legends uh, for for DVD, it pops up for reasonable prices on Amazon and eBay from time to time. Not always, so uh, sort of keep an eye out for for a price range that uh, that is. Uh, suitable um, because it does tick uh, the boxes nicely it has some relevant extras um, and, and again it's worth noting that uh, d- despite it having an english dub the original export version was about uh, 15 minutes uh, shorter so the dvd contains a new dub rather than a mix a mismatch of old and new similar in the worth checking out department uh, the dvd has the four minute zoom view on the red background demonstration that's not part of the film uh, it turns out briefly in the trailer, but they, it, it, they also produced this four-minute demo promotional concept clip as well, with uh, Yumbu demonstrating. Samo is in it, so there's dialogue between student and master. There's some playful banter, and uh, you know they demonstrate what they can can do. And this is also subtitled on the DVD, so you can enjoy that. Uh, and, it, and it's very neat for a demonstration of tone and Yumbu's extraordinary physicality. So do check that out. I remember. Fans were sort of like, I hope they include that because it's it's great to have. It's not uh, that common that we get, get this separate 
concept clip necessarily you know we, we get the six minute trailer of course <laughs> but not necessarily like this uh, this separate bit so check that out it's worth uh, it's worth um, uh, taking a look uh, so uh, we are going to take a promotional break listen to a uh, spot from uh, one of our friends in the podcast community and after that we're going to take a look at our second monkey kung fu film of this episode and it is called monkey kung fu from 1979. It's from Shaw Brothers, and uh, we'll be right back uh, to discuss that. GGTMC live for you, fresh air. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service, breaking films down and turning them around, giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit GGTMC.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to the trash since 1977. And welcome back, and a second movie review in this Versus episode. Uh, two Monkey Kung Fu films versus each other, if you will. Is, uh, we, we, we reached a movie that's literally called monkey kung fu from 1979 and from Shaw brothers and plot from imdb and it's short and sweet because this movie exists for kung fu mainly as well a small time crook called wei chung played by ching Sudong, goes in search of the other half of a wooden keepsake which will lead him to the legendary kung fu technique of the gibbon clan fist and this movie is actually also short <laughs> because it's not this extended 100 minute of tomfoolery like knockabout did anyway this is a smaller Shaw brothers film uh, for me i even heard that it was filmed in taiwan possibly picked up by Shaw brothers uh, but, but it looks to me that some shots and sets are definitely more, more Shaw brothers like so they, they had access to something that makes it look like a proper Shaw brothers movie i have no confirmation on that but i heard it was filmed in uh, taiwan anyway there's no a players present uh, but this is generally an enjoyable not too grating and broad kung fu comedy so it dials that back a little bit with largely impressive uh, action design uh, very detail oriented acrobatic complex not a whole lot of one-on-ones i noticed that this one prides itself on um, having five six seven eight people going all at once you know each scenario does it's the same case as we knock about to a degree that each scenario doesn't land as it's wrapped in a comedic tone but some definitely does and ching sudong and company men and women actually they impress with their timing and acrobatic skills and uh, yes ching sudong uh, famous action director and director duel to the death Chinese ghost story and so forth. This is uh, one of his starring uh, roles. So um, that was a motivation going into this to see how he fares. And uh, his uh, peak and opera background certainly does uh, show up. So it didn't set like um, the genre on fire, but I I thought it was generally enjoyable without uh, without, uh, taking up too much much sort of space in my head. Granted, if it had been 10 minutes longer, then I would have been like, come on, this doesn't need to be 100 minutes. So what did you think of Monkey Kung Fu? Yeah, it was a, it was the first viewing for for me, uh, so I didn't have to uh, recall the archives of my brain, which is good because I don't want to go into my brain. It's scary. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't want too much. Too like hard work in my brain. Um, so no, it was. I, I I totally agree. It was it was really enjoyable. Short and sweet as the plot was, it is. It literally is that. Um, so there's nothing uh, more. Um, brain taxing than that but it, you know it, it's it's action packed from beginning to end there's no let up in it and um it was really yeah i, I really quite enjoyed it it was uh, another surprise from the 
the Shaw Brothers uh, stable um, once again. I gathered therefore that uh, the comedic tone and the slapstick and such didn't uh, frustrate you as much as knock about. No, it. It, it didn't as much, and, and the 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 main reason for that is because there's a lot of kung fu in it, which is great. <laughs> Slapstick kung fu, slapstick kung fu, kung fu, kung fu, slapstick. Yeah, I can deal with that because it's not like just slapstick, slapstick for forty minutes, and then you get to some real kung fu. There is some, yeah. there's some great scenes within this within this film. So um, that just keeps keeps it going and kept my um, my interest up throughout the movie. I, I'm not terribly familiar with the director of this film, John Law, but looking at his Shaw Brothers work um, that I have seen, um, which is mainly the movie Five Super Fighters, which is pretty good actually it's also very stripped down and minimal and to the point lots of kung fu but with no a players either uh, possibly a lot of new faces but they, they, they are great it's a better movie actually uh, i would recommend five super fighters over monkey kung fu but it was clear john for these two movies he, he was working the basic kung fu template quite uh, well that also has comedy but not of the abrasive kind i think it focuses on the basic setup in in that one i believe uh the the three four students of uh, of the old master, which is uh, the uh, the co star of this one, how to sing the person that uh, Ching Sudong is uh, chained to. I believe he was the old master with the spray painted uh, wig, therefore, and, uh, and facial hair in uh, Five Super Fighters. So they all go off uh, after he's beaten to learn different styles, and they all come together for their master and defeat the baddie. And uh, it, it's a really enjoyable. Um, in movie five super fighters so, so um in in the blurbs that you read about that particular film they 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 write that it's a minimal kung fu movie but it still is working uh to what is to me anyway the short stages and the production quality and uh they had gifted uh, newcomers or uh, sort of bc players like austin y Tony Lung Siu Hong, who would craft a great career as an action director and director. He was the co-action director on this one. So this one and Five Super Fighters, they're really they're similar in that way. They, they are um, You look at them favorably. Therefore, that um, they, they know what you're doing and they're not going to you know, overly extend matters here or uh, go the clownish route just because uh, Kung Fu comedy is... Uh, popular it's reeled in but uh, kung fu certainly isn't so uh, that would be my recommendation to you it might be on prime as well because five super fighters is on itunes and uh, so ch- check out your prime if you want to um, see what uh, the same casting crew minus uh, ching sudong did as well i love the sort of moody dusk forts forced setting at the shore stages um in the during the opening credits as uh, ching sudong yeah. demonstrate i mean he if this was also in Taiwan, this indoor stuff still looks like Shaw Brothers or similarly quality stages to me. So, uh, so Ching Sudong and uh, the actors perform there, and that mood isn't necessary for this movie. It's not about mood, but but I think it uh, sets an example and uh, like a favorable visual impression. Oh, okay, cool. Like. Uh uh, because it's not this uh, movie that's uh, dark or uh, that's constantly set at night or at sunset or dusk or dawn or whatever. So it's it's just uh, one of those stylish little things that they uh, hate. And you're right. And from a stylish point of view, it, it, it draws you in. And yeah, I quite like that at the beginning because you're like, oh, this is interesting. This this looks good. I like that. I like What am I... What treat am I in for? As I always do, I go into these blind. I don't look. I, I do kind of the research afterwards if I need to. But before, I just go in 
well, let's watch a movie, let me watch over me. And so I, I didn't know what to expect. So it was nice um, seeing that on the on the titles. Yeah, yeah, neither did I, even though I had five super fighters in the bank. But that, that doesn't yeah. mean that, oh, this is going to be similar. Because no. um, it was really neat to find out, well, he's an actor now, Ching Sedong. What's he going to do? I heard from Jay Lee that um, apparently he doesn't like talking about his acting at all, uh, Ching Sedong, which is a shame because he comes off well here, even though he wasn't a star in the making. And uh, he was... He, probably had uh, gotten a taste for the behind the scenes stuff he had uh, done action directing on short films like the tea house which i believe is a modern movie and also on his father's film uh, kidnap um, his uh, uh, father is uh, i'm gonna name drop him because i didn't uh, write down his name it's uh, cheng kang who also directed the 14 amazon so he was a Shaw brothers director of uh, note kidnap was a uh, true life crime movie about uh, the lost persons who were hung in uh, Hong Kong uh, but uh, it required some action direct, uh, direction as well uh, So, but, but also in that opening you know be, being being on let's call it a short space the camera can dolly around that setting a bit better and uh, make it come off as a little bit more of a professional uh, production which is actually appreciated I don't normally sort of sit there and focus on a short sequence like that but it's like it's appreciated this professionalism is appreciated so nice one movie let's get on with it and they certainly do because there's a <laughs> fight scene in the prison and uh, yeah. with Ching Sudong and uh, the old master you know juggling props and he's evading our supposed hero and even though it reminds you a little bit of what uh, Simon Yun did in Snake in the Eagle Shadow, as uh, he evades different people, you know, despite being old and drunk, and he juggles T-bolts and what have you. To me, Phil, this isn't desperately trying to be Snake in the Eagle Shadow or anything. No, not at all. And it's great because after the initial sequence and then you come to this, you, you what do we expect? Well, this just sets it up for the, for the movie because it's just an exceptional bit of play and stuff using tables, chairs and... Uh, and it's clever, and it's great to see and watch, and you just go, great, if this is the the tone of the film, then I'm in for a treat. Uh, and you are, because it, it's just so well executed and, and so well done that it was a really nice uh, sequence, and it, it's right there at the start of the film. So, And I, and I didn't know of his background necessarily, Ching Sudong, as... No, no, no. Um... I obviously knew you must have had martial arts background. You don't work in this business making these movies and being an action director if you're not. But I didn't know he had a Peking Opera background, according to research. And it, it certainly shows up and the, the fluid, the acrobatic movements that he has in him. He's very physically gifted. He, he's also as a character a bit cocky, which could easily derail a movie. Uh, you know, that that is going to stay cocky for 40 minutes and then take taken down later in the movie but this element didn't uh, dominate the character necessarily it's largely you know out of the gate pretty delightful it's designed around agile acrobatic performance it has a little bit of comedic bent as as ching sudong's character challenges the old man's reign of the prison by by stealing his chairs or sitting on his chairs and they're working with these props uh, together and uh Obviously, it's a bit show-offy, like, we can do this, check it out. But it's actually quite delightful the way they use props. It's not necessarily a big old full-contact fight, you know. No, exactly. But it's clever use of the props. Um, and it's a, it's a nice uh, sequence that segues in. Um, and like I say, it, it doesn't it doesn't disappoint and it doesn't let up from there either. I mean, I mean, it, it, we might discuss it a little bit later, but the, how, how, how did you feel he came off Ching Sedong 
as a acting lead, little bit of a light-hearted, cocky hero mixed with the obviously uh, well, like the training that he has and the physical abilities uh, that he has that translates well to film. Like, how 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 did you think he came off? Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. You see, you you and the, probably the reason I I didn't watch this film as you do when you're going back and and looking at films or you get into a particular genre because you you go for the big names and this isn't this isn't got the big names in certainly that I was aware of or names that I was aware of from a an action star point of view. Obviously, as a director, you're okay. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, wow, he was he's a, that director, but he equips himself well. I was going to say I was going to say there's no star quality, which would be mean to say, but not in that respect. So no, he's he's not going to be like he doesn't pop on the screen like a, a Jackie Chan does or that stuff. But he equips himself well, and, and what he does, and maybe if you know if he if he'd gone into acting, it, it would have been different. But you know, obviously physically and stuff, he definitely got something um, that could have been worked with going forward. Credit to him because obviously he holds the film really well from a from a lead point of view i'm not i'm not as impressed um with his sidekick but we can come on to that but from a lead point of view yeah i think he he, he does well in the role yeah him and how to sing are fighting uh being linked together by by chain which is a fairly entertaining and creative um, sequence there's an unexpected design around the fact that well they're linked together so um what do they do do they do they do uh, hand-to-hand stuff or do they use the chain and they do a little bit of both so that was um, you know that uh, physical training back and forth that slapstick was it's admirable while not being very funny but the, this movie doesn't desperately try to reach out of the screen and like grab your throat we're funny laugh they they yeah, they, exactly. they keep it uh, to a, a little bit of reined in level i suppose whether they thought of that or not i don't know but um it, it, it's not exemplary of course in terms of the the bickering and the banter but it isn't annoying and this tomfoolery that's a- a- accent uh, accentuated by all the time knockabout was guilty of that in a lot of moments just uh throwing mm. f- this audio visual experience at you um which i didn't quite uh quite agree with to be honest so there, there, there is this I don't know how to describe it. It um, that sort of line it evens out that line. It uh, you know the spikes that are a comedic sort of tomfoolery. Those spikes aren't as great here. They uh, and 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 it becomes a more smooth experience because of it. Yeah, exactly. It's not waiting for a punchline. It just injects it into the into the scenes occasionally and stuff to to add to that. And it works in that way. And they're okay to get. Well, they must be more than okay because I do. I just I didn't. I didn't feel as much towards uh, High Choice Singh as I did the lead. Just I, I don't know. He just didn't come across physically, haven't he? It was like, yeah, okay. He was doing it, but he just sometimes felt a little bit, you know, forced. And I think it's in the opening credits. You can see it as well in some of his techniques. <clears throat> but I'm being really picky because from obviously I've seen a lot of Kung Fu films. Okay, I've studied a little bit of Kung Fu, but, you know, I'm not saying I'm an expert, folks. But, you know. Yeah, he's just a little bit stunted, but that didn't detach or detract away from the film in itself. And so I'm just being super critical because 
I really enjoyed the film in its entirety and because of the, the scenes like they didn't overstay their welcome either. That's very true. It uh, also stays on um, target and structure, the little structure that there is, which is which is good for the movie because it is just a 90-minute movie. So that basic structure, that limited structure, means that they aren't um, filling it with uh, with nonsense. Uh, for, for a while, it um, it isn't as blistering in terms of exchanges like five superfighters was but the, the detail the juggling mm. of uh, in terms of keeping track of the choreography and the physicality is very appealing however as they stand up to town bullets you know they, they have those fights uh, outside of the restaurant and inside the restaurant which is all tropey stuff but it's enjoyable detailed lots of movement in each shot lots of sync between the performers as they jump past each other and avoid each other which i think it is what this movie really attempts to keep the frame super busy by not just having uh, ching sodong and uh, whoever T- despite it being messy as they all try to avoid each other and fight each other at the same time it also comes off as very fluid and very sharp and skilled that, that they got this sequence down uh, so wh- while not this uh, as i said blistering sort of jaw-dropping sequence that there is a technical quality here they challenge themselves by involving so many persons and not just persons standing around, jumping in the background, waiting for their turn. It seems like uh, Joe Law and uh, uh, the director, uh, Ching Sedong and Tony Leung, the action directors, they said to themselves, well, everyone is, everyone's going to do something at the same time. Like You're not going to wait around that. Everybody needs to be good and be in sync. Otherwise, we're going to have to do it again. And it's hot outside. So it better be good. <laughs> yeah. And then, and I don't know if you you noticed that necessarily that they're they're, they're very much using the frame with five, six, seven, eight people all in one go, but no one is really standing in the background waiting for their turn. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, and it, and it works well. Like I say, it's just bum bum, you know, sequence kung fu, sequence kung fu. Sequ- it, it's great because it just keeps that pace. It, like I say, it doesn't outstay its welcome and stuff. And you know, the the scenes are done really well. You know, you can have a uh, in modern day films, are seen that oh, they've obviously put the action um, piece in because they needed an action piece. In this one, every scene has a is good in its own right for whatever reason. It seems it seems to work really well, and that's what kind of makes the film and stuff because every every sequence that they they do an action sequence works well, and they thought about it. Um, and it, like I say, it isn't like one person just wait, wait, is it my turn? Wait, go wait. Every everybody has a purpose within that scene to to doing something. Some of my favorite uh, fight scenes, uh, and th- this is going to sound really wrong, but I'm going to say mm. it anyway. I like to fight with the prostitute. Yay! But it's not like they beat up a prostitute. It's uh, she, uh, I don't believe, I believe the setup was that uh, Ching Sudong wasn't willing to pay. It's not like they had sex, it was just that he wasn't willing to pay. He challenged her on that. And she uh, uses uh, Kung Fu uh, against him, obviously. And in that limited space, they're on the bed. It's really fetching that on the spot flip that she does it looks like it's her i don't i didn't spot any obvious cut to a double and to me it looks like they brought in someone again uh, a female in this case with a background in and peking opera performing and and that on uh, I, I don't know what the technical term is but you know when they do the flip but they stay in the same spot they don't go to the left to the yeah, right yeah. they obviously don't um, they don't have a forward momentum Again, it's show off. We can do this, but it is very fetching, and uh, not to. Uh, it doesn't go like violent roots or anything. It, but not too broad comedically either. That's a little favorite uh, 
spot of mind for a character that doesn't appear again. It's not the uh, leading lady of the movie, um, and um, they 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 put uh, them to good uh, to good use here. And uh, my probably second favorite scenes is uh, with the best terrific intensity is when Ching Su Dong and Hao Chi Sing has to go up against actor Quan Fung and his spear. Whenever you introduce a spear into matters, weapons, it's something that uh, I, I light up because there is um, a dynamic and intensity that changes the screen when you uh, have the rapid exchanges involving a spear, whether it's two persons uh, possessing the weapon or not. And I thought that was great. I it's just a, that that is the time when your jaw drops in terms of how many movements they're performing per shot and how they complete the sequence like that without without you know dropping that who knows uh, who knows how how it's how it's even possible but I it's probably my it's not even the end but it's probably my favorite scene because it's that change feel that yeah. Quan Fung introduces the fact that it, it's not a spear to pole to be honest so it's not yeah, one of those yeah. but it, it's great it's absolutely great no it's, it's clever isn't it and this is why those and come to appreciate those or these kind of films and stuff with that you know the actors have their ability and, and certainly have the martial arts background uh, nine times out of ten to to produce that and you you see that and they put it on screen and it and it looks so great and as soon as you introduce weapons then it becomes Especially someone who knows how to handle, you know, a pole, a spear, knife, whatever it might be, sword. You know, it, it's it's a delight to watch, and it's obviously the wide sweeping shots always help because you see it all. It's none of this that's done today, and this quick edits and stuff. You see everything. You see the motions that they go through, and it, it's it, it's, it's graceful. It, it's I said it. I'll say it again. It's a dance. It's it's constructed so well. Did, did it ever feel like feel that uh, there was a sense of overkill by stacking fights upon fights? So did you feel like it, it was a natural flow and there was not too many fights? You know, sometimes it doesn't. And like I say, at the beginning, there wasn't much of a plot to this. You know, the plot you said at the beginning, basically, that's it. There's not a lot to it and stuff. But it was enjoyable because it was put together so well and, and done so well. And no, I never felt that there was too much. It was great. In fact, if you remove some of them out of it, um, you would get knockabout. If you remove the first half an hour, you'd have knockabout, surely. Because <laughs> sure. that's basically, it is because you get the big fight scene, you get the train and all that kind of good stuff. But it worked really well because they kept the flow and you kept your interest. And, and that's why it was such an enjoyable film and such a surprise because, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it from its, its entirety rather than just just the fight scenes um because it, it, it gelled together quite quite well it's nice to be uh, to realize that you're not desensitized to the genre yeah. that the genre can still delight to uh, to a degree yeah. you know exactly um so obviously later in the film q finding the training manual and training scenes and the contraptions and i think many filmmakers were able to delight me um in these uh, training sequences involving the contraptions designed for a specific purpose even low budget ones, but but I like uh, how they do uh, design them here. They they the contraptions they use that they they hang uh, you know heavy weights or rocks by uh, by their neck over their necks. So you know they work their leg strength, keep their legs over incense, and work balance. And uh, I'm weak for these uh, montages. And obviously they introduce drunken uh, drunken monkey here and. Uh, 
that hut and the, the, that they're at and the surrounding trees. There's no leaves on the trees and that indoor set that they're at. Uh, I love that indoor backdrop, even though it's clearly indoors. But I, I, it's the Shaw Brothers style. That yeah. uh, in, indoor um, indoor um, locations are meant to be exterior. And clearly there's a sense of artificiality on display here works for me because I, I i like that feel and they're obviously uh with ching su dong and uh, how choosing being very capable at uh demonstrating the new skills that they're uh, that they're gaining here that's uh, it makes it uh, a, a fun sequence i mean it probably doesn't rival mad monkey kung fu because it's a lao galang movie after all and it has the short stars of the day but mad monkey kung fu had its own problems it was too long was a two-hour movie, a hundred and ten or two-hour movie, and I I remember when you and I talked of that. It doesn't play in the movie's favor at all times, being that long. It's pretty damn good. Uh, Carol Hoy is in it as well, and Lau Garland himself is in it, but it probably didn't need to be that long. So you you have you have the sort of um, the the scales uh, go a little bit back and forth, but uh, yeah. I think I think this uh, stands on its own uh, as this sort of side. Shaw Brothers thing, uh, like no one is in it. Law Leeds doesn't turn up for the for the end, or Ku Feng doesn't turn up or anything. No one's in it that we sort of associate with Shaw Brothers, but these guys. But uh, they are more than capable of handling it on um, on their own. And it's the same with Five Super Fighters from the same director, which uh, I, I do encourage you to check if that's on your local Prime because that's a really fun, efficient one yet, uh, um, and probably better in the Kung Fu um, department because it's a, uh, you know, it's a standard cliche term, but blistering is what I associate with five super fighters. And, and it's, also su- it's also simple, you know, uh, no complexity to the story at all, really. And, uh, but that, that's in its favor too. Sounds good, but I, I totally agree. We always like a good training sequence and um, Monkey Kung Fu does not disappoint. Um, my heart will always go with Man Monkey Kung Fu because, you know, I was fortunate to see it on the big screen and, you know, I love it. But this is uh, a worthy addition to your Monkey Kung Fu films. If you so desire that, then um, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, another sequence I like, by the way, rounding off my notes, um, as Ching Su Dong goes into the martial arts school, um, it, it, we, we get the evidence of um, his post initial training here evidence of um, some really broad character Lam, uh, Lam Fai Wong plays this Kung Fu instructor really uh, in a broad way but as Ching Su Dong like avoids in the middle of the scene he avoids the broadsword I suppose mm. and the flips he's doing are, are extraordinary it's some of the best evidence we get of Ching Su Dong's like uninterrupted abilities it never ceases to impress it really doesn't and it works for film too it's not like this strange element to inject into action choreography not at all and um, and it almost makes you wish that you know he had given movies a go for, for mm. a little bit longer maybe logged some more lead roles but clearly he, he was on a path of uh, of uh, making films rather than being in uh, films so that was to our advantage too obviously with Duel to the Death and uh, the Chinese Ghost Story series and um, all of that so yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think I'd uh, if I'd have to choose between the two, I would have let him carry on with Jill to Death and Chinese Ghost Story and stuff. I couldn't have lost those for my uh, my viewing pleasure. Possibly the Swordsman as well. And 
which is a hard movie to remember who worked on that because so many directors were attached to yeah. Swordsman but I believe it's uh, mainly in the end it, it was supposed to be a King Who movie but uh, that that didn't work out and uh, then I believe it's Ching Sudong and possibly like Raymond Lee it was something that's um, credited as directors but if you look it up on Hong Kong Movie Database it's the longest list of directors for any movie <laughs> on the database because uh, even uh, like Anne Hoy did a little bit and King Who is credited and he, and he has like two or three shots in Swordsman that, that are left because it, it didn't work that long on it. And the only note on the finale for Monkey Kung Fu, they continue that notion of uh, including uh, so many opponents and so much timing having to go on at the same time. And mm. that wasn't this repeat, you know, like bad repeat of what we saw before. It continued to be enjoyable that this was the design for... Um, for the ending, but I think uh, it, it's not the strongest sequence of the movie. I, I've, I've explained which ones I think are stronger, but it, it certainly doesn't um, disappoint either and uh, rounds off the movie uh, nicely. And we get a freeze frame, the end. This has been a Shaw, Shaw Bros production, and uh, everyone walks up 90 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, with a smile on the face, which, which is what a film should do, and it does. And like I say, it won't disappoint if you pick it up because there's uh, much, to, uh, much to love um, as, a, as a martial arts film. Um, you're going to enjoy this one. Um, but as for availability of uh, Monkey Kung Fu, it was remastered and issued on DVD in Hong Kong as part of the Shaw Brothers range. Uh, and uh, there was a Taiwanese uh, counterpart um, put out uh, in that territory, which should be identical to a Hong Kong DVD. And that's still out there on uh, eBay, for instance, uh, if you want to look it up, because that has the um, Cantonese soundtrack, which might be the actual preferred one but uh, on uh, on itunes digital a- digital hd for both us and uk the movie only comes with a mandarin soundtrack as well as the english dub of the film um so but i i, I didn't let it bother me that, that it was uh, mandarin despite it being comedic and it's 1979 so uh, so that that was fine for me and uh and, and you got a bonus in english dub in your purchase for um, if you buy it on uh, on itunes um the English title, if you sort of grew up with this or bought it on VHS or maybe on bootleg DVD, it might have been put out under its export title, which was Stroke of Death. So if you don't remember Monkey Kung Fu, you might have remembered Stroke of Death. This, as we said, these versus episodes are not about crowning a winner or anything, but uh, Monkey Kung Fu was my favorite out of these uh, two because it it had a better balance of elements. Uh, But uh, Knockabout certainly certainly uh, deserves uh, classic status uh, but not for the entire film but that's okay that's okay it's part it's um it does many things correctly and it needs to be watched if you're interested in the trajectory of new performer emerging director so thank you phil for uh, for taking part of the versus uh, uh, series uh, once more we, we have some more stuff from uh, Poor historian Jay Lee has uh, suggestions, but I, I follow them to a T because he, he took the time to write a list of uh, possible sort of uh, pair ups. Uh, so uh, we have everything from like in terms of themes, like we have a uh, horror wuxia, uh, we have Muay Thai slash Thailand, uh, we have Shaolin Breakaway, which in he paired up movies like Iron Fisted Monk and Executioners from Shaolin, you know, and. Uh, Dark Wuxia, in the case of uh, The Sword and Killer Constable, and even Men on a Mission, which m- might prompt us to revisit Eastern Condors within the context of a podcast discussion. We've done an audio commentary on it, our very first, but uh, it's been a very long time ago. 
and uh, we haven't done it as a podcast on fire so uh, we might revisit it because his suggestion in terms of men on a mission that combo was eastern condors and the Shaw brothers movie mercenaries from hong kong which was directed by uh, wong jing and starring tilong uh, so you know those are some of the suggestions uh, and, yes, well done, Jay. and uh, jay's list uh, sounds very intriguing. I like some of them. We even we even have Beardy as part of the list. Uh, two movies: uh, Beardy, <laughs> Beardy at the helm versus Beardy for hire. And he put the movie movies profile in anger and danger has two faces on there. And uh, those are cool suggestions. So, so, um, so yep, they, those are all coming up uh, without the set schedule and all of that. So thank you, Jay, for the for the suggestions and for uh, programming this episode. And uh, for all your Podcast on Fire network needs, go to podcastonfire.com. Relevant links will be in the show post. And um, check out uh, all social media links uh, as well. And uh, subscribe and rate and all of that. And hope you enjoyed. But I'm going to throw over to Phil for a final plug. So uh, website stuff uh, that you've done. So you've done retrospectives and new new reviews and all of that. So um, so where is your website and what can people expect? It's over at easternfilmfans.co.uk, also on Twitter and Instagram, and look us up on YouTube. You can find us there. We'll carry on going forward with our reviews and news. And um, just as one sound bite to cap this off, uh, I know you were wondering, because we talked about it right at the top of the um, uh, podcast was that actually this was released, these films were released in the Year of the Goat. So uh, Mad Goat Kung Fu and Goat <laughs> Kung Fu. Yeah, and it's not quite the same ring, but there you go. Just just uh, added uh, added footnote for everybody. So, um, yeah. So it simply was um, the time to make a couple of these. So it turned out <laughs> like that. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, cool. That is uh, your your site URL will be in the show post, and uh, we are gonna sign off for this versus episode. Thank you everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed, and uh, we'll see you next time. And I've been Kennedy, and with me was Phil G. So say goodbye. Uh, totally not old, Phil G. Born <laughs> in the two thousand. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> <laughs>